morning from the backyard on a beautiful Sunday morning. Oh, man, you can't beat this. I'm going to guess 70 degrees. I'm going to guess right now. Blue sky. Perfect morning. Not a big summer guy, by the way. I'm a fall guy. Love me fall. Labor Day until about Thanksgiving. That's what I like right there. I love that late September, early October weather. That's my go-to weather. I love a cool, crisp 60 degrees. That's what I like. I've said it every year. I say it. I'll say it again. 40s too cold, 80s too hot, 60s perfect. Although I do hope to. I aspire one day to become a summer guy. I think I'm going to need more summer stuff, though. You know, like here's the thing. One day I want a lake house or like a, or like or even better. Maybe I win that mega millions on Tuesday and I, and I get an ocean house house on the ocean. It's over a billion dollars, but I could, could I be my father for a second? Ready? Yeah, but they only end up getting about 400 million though. After the government takes its share that my dad actually says that in conversation. He'll actually say that about the lottery. <laughs> Let me take a cup of coffee. Let's get this thing started right. Hold on a second. Okay. Um, was I just watching a video of, uh, what was I on? I think it was Twitter. And it was Cardi B in the middle of a concert rapping. Somebody throws a drink at her. She throws her microphone back at the person who threw the drink at her. Here's the catch. Music keeps playing. <laughs> so, voice, the voice doesn't stop. She's lip syncing. Well, I don't think that that's it. I think we learned years ago on the Brother Weez show that it's called tracking or something like that, where they play you background vocals so that you have so that you are rapping live over the microphone or you are singing live or whatever, but there's also a backing track to kind of fill out your voice and make it sound better. So it's kind of like almost a combination of live singing and lip syncing. So I don't know, but whatever, but... I thought, saw that, thought it was funny, and then I realized, wait a second. Are we already over the fact that we found out this week that aliens exist? Like, like actually had people testify under oath to the government? <coughs> Excuse me. To the government, people testified under oath that aliens actually exist, and we barely talked about it. Like, barely talked about. Like, I listen to the news every single morning. I wake up, I go to work, get to work about 5.15, 5.30 a.m., and at 5.45, ABC News puts out a podcast called Start Here. All right? I don't even think they mentioned it this week. If, it, if they mentioned it, it was like, a, it was like a, the sea story that aliens... How have we spent so much time... Wondering whether or not aliens exist. And then we kind of find out they do, and nobody cares. Nobody flinches. Well, I'll tell you why. It's because there's still skepticism. Because I don't know if you followed it at all, but everyone who went up there went under oath and said aliens exist. And all they did is they said, yes, they exist. And a lot of times when they're asked for very specific examples, what they said is, I can provide that for you in private. But what I can't... Huh? Oh, sorry. My, I'm literally sitting out side of my house, and there is an open window right over my left shoulder, and I just heard a voice, but wasn't talking to me. Anyway, sorry about the distraction. So uh, we find out they exist, but I, I, a lot of it was like a uh, specific question. I can tell you that in private, sir or ma'am, but I can't tell you that under oath. 
So there's still skepticism. Like what I wanted was hardcore evidence. What I wanted was like on September 3rd, 1997, this UFO crashed here. We opened it up and we found this biological being or something like that. And we have evidence and it's been hidden for all these years and it's finally unsealed. And we didn't quite get that. We just got some guys saying like, trust me, bro, trust me. Trust me. I used to work there. Aliens exist. Swear. That's kind of all we got. So I don't know. Maybe we're kind of collectively saying, eh. Maybe like as a nation or even as a world, we're kind of just sitting around saying, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. You know? We, we've heard people say aliens exist before. I want to see it. I want evidence. I think that might be what's going on. How do I feel? I don't know. I It's... I do sit sometimes and watch the YouTubes and go down these little rabbit holes and down my rabbit holes. Sometimes I end up on stuff that has to do with the universe and other planets and things like that. And I think that the thing it's such, you know, I I know that what I'm about to say is not groundbreaking knowledge or intelligence or anything, but it's just a matter of when you look at how massive the universe is. And what we represent in that universe, and you just look at the grain of sand that we are in the grand scheme of the entire universe. And the grand, and by the way, the grain of sand is not you or me. The grain of sand is the planet Earth. We are a grain of sand on a grain of sand in the universe. It's hard. And then you look at, well, what have we really explored? What have we discovered? And you look at it and it's like, mm-hmm. We've discovered, we, we basically can account for, on this entire beach, we can account for our own grain of sand and like maybe the two or three grain of sands right around us. But we really don't know much about the entire rest of the beach. I think that makes it kind of hard. You know, that makes it hard to say, no, they don't exist. It's just a matter of like, where, like, what, what is an alien? We keep on picturing little people with big eyes coming to us with this technology that's a million times more advanced than ours it might just be vegetation plant life i don't know but at some point right you got to imagine it's gonna come to fruition finally but i just think it's funny how it like didn't even it sort of didn't even come up i didn't even lead the podcast look what did i do i talked about cardi b before i talked about the aliens (sighs) sorry i'm a little distracted this morning might be a tough podcast. I got a lot going on this week. Busy, busy week. Um, I did see a story that kind of hit close to home, even though when I tell you where it happened, you're going to go, how's that close to home? I'll explain. Relax. All right. So a woman and her son were kidnapped in Port-au-Prince, Haiti. They were there doing some service work, um, you know, community service, I suppose. And they were kidnapped and I think are now being held for ransom. And you might say, again, Polly, how is that hitting close to home? I'll tell you how. It's a U.S. woman. I I don't think I mentioned that. Uh, So an American woman and and her American child kidnapped in Haiti. Well, in January, we went on this cruise, and we went to Haiti. And, of course, when you go on a cruise and you go to these these islands, you're not, like, really at the island. Like, they're very, very much – they, they have these areas carved out for tourists, right? Like you go to the Bahamas, you're not really in the Bahamas. You're at the, you're at the, the port or the little area that, that the cruise company owns. Same thing with like, I went to Falmouth, Jamaica, 
And it's like, you're not really in Jamaica. You're at this little, like, port area that Royal Caribbean has created. Well, same thing in Haiti. You go to Haiti, and you're at this, like, beach sort of tropical land that they created and that Royal Caribbean owns. And and the reason I even bring it up is because my brother, who's a probation officer in real life, was on the cruise with us in January. And I remember specifically being in Haiti and talking to him about and it was him who brought it up. He was telling me about how he was doing a lot of research into how does Royal Caribbean and the other cruise companies secure their ports. And it's something they don't talk about much. It's not really well publicized because it would be the type of thing they wouldn't want to publicize, obviously. But you're not far from danger when you're at these ports. You know, you're just a couple of miles from where the shit can go down. And that's not to say that these countries are terrible or anything like that. There's plenty of places in America where the shit goes down. So it's, again, not saying anything like that. But, you know, we were kind of talking about him and his career and what does he want to do. And he was explaining to me how he kind of thought it was interesting, the extent of work and resources that goes into the security for these cruise companies because they're, they're, they're sailing the open oceans. Depending on where they are in the world, pirates can be an issue. In fact, the cruise uh, uh, crew, the, the cruise crews, <laughs> the crew on the cruise has to actually undergo pirate training. And again, you know, they're not telling the public about this because I don't want to freak people out. But they, they have to know exactly what to do if their boat gets hijacked or attempted. But then also, you know, they're going to this little portion of Haiti or whatever country. And they've got this tiny little area in the grand scheme of things that they're responsible for, they need to create a perimeter and secure that perimeter. And so he was explaining to me all these different tactics they do, and in some cases they've got snipers, and it makes sense. Of course it makes sense. I mean, I was listening to Mark Marin on a podcast this week. Two of the podcasts I listen to are the Mark Marin WTF, and I also listen to Jericho, uh, Talk is Jericho. And it's funny because Jericho's celebrating his 1,000th episode, and he had Mark Marin on, so my brain was absolutely exploding at hearing my two podcast voices that I spend the most time with talking to each other. Anyway, Mark Marin was talking about when he interviewed President Obama, and they had to bring snipers to like be on his roof. And I just thought that was so interesting and thinking about that on the cruise. And when you're there, when you're on the cruise, when you're in these little ports, you don't even for a second realize it. You know, you don't see it around at all. The little bit of security that you do see when you're on a cruise ship seems like nothing more than what you might encounter at a, at a mall, I guess, you know, for lack of a better term. Um, so busy week ahead, busy week behind me too. They're all just busy weeks at this point. Why do I even talk about that? There's no like week anymore where I get to just kick my feet up and do nothing. This week I actually got to stop by Bill's camp for a minute. Um, there was a Rochester rotary event, uh, uh, at Bill's camp and it just happened to be at the exact same time that we had to take the, uh, Guglielmo sauce van in for service. And so I just Ubered my way down the street and went to, um, Bill's camp, we had, it was the greatest thing ever. We had the founder's tent and I parked 30 feet from the field and I am a sucker for parking. I tell everybody this. The one thing I will splurge on every single time is parking. The convenience of that. I hate with a passion. I hate, and I know, oh man, so many people are going to make fun of me for this and they're going to say I'm a, I'm a, what do they call this? A city a city idiot, right? I'm a city idiot. I hate 
when there is inconvenient parking for anything. And this happens sometimes in Rochester, like downtown. Be like, come to the hottest new restaurant. And I'll come to the hottest new restaurant. And they'll be like, we don't have any solution for where to put your car. You go, what? Like, yep, here's our restaurant. There's one spot on the street in front of our restaurant that you can have. Unfortunately, it's literally never open. So park somewhere else and then walk a mile and get here. Don't like it. I say it once, I say it again. Half the people agree with me, half the people call me a city. If I can't park next to it, I'm much less likely to go to it. When we go to big events, sporting events, concerts, things like that, I'm a sucker, man. I am an absolute mark. They see me coming a mile away. $30 parking, you got it. Do I have $30 to give them for parking? No. Do I give it to them anyway? Yes. I want to park right next to the venue, as close as I physically can. (laughs) So this was the best thing about Bill's camp, was being with Rochester Rotary, I got to park like next to the field. It was great. Went in, had a little tent, breakfast buffet, sat at a table, watched the practice from about eh, 100 feet away or so, then had a little private viewing area, got to go over there and watch Josh Allen throw the ball to Dawson Knox right in front of me. 20 feet in front of me, Dawson Knox running patterns. Josh Allen's throwing the ball to him. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Browns fan, but still pretty cool. Then last night, Ryan and I were uh, had a rare few hours off. Leo had had a uh, really, really busy day, so he was super tired. Ended up going to sleep at, uh, I think he went to bed at like 6.30 last night. So Ryan and I had a few hours together. We started watching that show on Netflix, Quarterback. Have you watched this yet? So it's a Peyton Manning-produced show where they follow Patrick Mahomes uh, of the Kansas City Chiefs, um, uh, Kirk Cousins of the Minnesota Vikings, and Marcus Mariota of the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, this is like last year for the 2022 season. We watch, There's eight episodes. We watched four of them last night in a row. Literally watched four episodes. It's basically watched a four-hour movie last night. And uh, it's a great show. It's a great show. It's really – it's a lot of football. So I can't say if you if you hate football, it's probably not for you because it is a lot of football. They mix in plenty of real life and stuff, and there's some anecdotes in there that have nothing to do with football. But honestly, you got to at least like football to get into this show. But if you like football, what a great show this is. So good. And it's, it, you know, it's making them look, they all look like, first of all, so real to me. It's something Weeze used to make fun of me all the time for. I would say things like, just a regular guy. Makes them look like regular guys. Just regular guys. Brittany Mahomes, who the entire internet is annoyed with. I like her. After watching the show, I'm like, you know what? She's kind of cool. Kirk Cousins. I love Kirk. I would run through a wall for Kirk Cousins after watching four episodes of that show. Such a good show. Marcus Mariota's wife. Oh, my God. What a catch. She's sitting there going over his his uh, his work with him, like ch- helping him memorize plays and stuff. I'm watching this, going, "This is just this is the best show ever." And I have a theory too. Back to Bill's camp, I was scrolling through the TikToks and I came across Mike Danger's TikTok. Mike Danger, if you don't know, is a radio personality in Rochester. He was on PXY for years and years and years, and now he's on uh, ESPN Radio in Rochester. And he had a uh, interview with Josh Allen where he asked him, are you going to do the show quarterback? If you were approached, would you do it? And Josh Allen wouldn't say no. 
He didn't say yes, but he wouldn't say no. And it's interesting because a few quarterbacks have said no. In fact, I just saw it on Twitter yesterday. Am I supposed to call it X now? X, Twitter, whatever it's called. A list of quarterbacks who had turned it down. And I don't remember all of them, but like Jalen Hurts of the Eagles was on the turn it down list. And a few other guys. And um, Josh Allen didn't say no. He didn't say yes. He wasn't on the turn it down list. He didn't do it last season. I'm starting to go, look, there's only 32 of these guys. They already said they're doing another season. You got a handful of guys that said no. You got a handful of guys they already did. And Josh Allen won't just straight up deny it or say yes. Like he kind of, I don't know how to put this. He looked like a child who had stolen a cookie out of the cookie jar and was then being asked, did you steal a cookie out of that cookie jar? And was saying, no. Anyway, my theory I think he's doing it. I think Josh Allen's doing that show this year. And I think he just can't, he's not allowed to be the one to confirm it or something. I think he's doing it. I think he'd be a great personality for it. I really do. I think he'd be, people would really enjoy falling. He's just a likable guy, I think. As long as you don't check his tweets from when he was like 15 years old, he's very likable. <laughs> be an interesting perspective, too, with him being a single guy. Because the one thing about the three quarterbacks we had on this season is they're all married with families. So you're getting that perspective. And it would be really interesting to see, you know, the perspective of kind of a single guy, especially with Josh Allen, how he's kind of like, he's kind of like dating. Isn't he dating a celebrity now? I think he's dating an actress now or something. Um, be, anyway, be interesting. I have a theory he's going to be on next season, though. I do. Okay, um, let's talk about this other story. If you follow me on social media, you may have seen me t- uh, uh, tweet or Facebook or something about uh, Grandma Brown's baked beans this week. Let me explain everything for a moment and give you a little behind the scenes about how the Copac business works and how these things sometimes do, or in this case, do not come to fruition. So, Uh, Anybody who needs a history on it real quick, Grandma Brown's Baked Beans are based here in uh, western New York, based in a uh, city called Mexico, Mexico, New York, and uh, it is a uh, little plant that pumps out these special recipe baked beans, Grandma Brown's Baked Beans. Massively popular, especially regionally, but from what I understand, they've got a pretty good volume uh, and a a pretty good regional, uh, 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 what do you call it, regional... um, uh, footprint. Anyway, a few years ago, they come off shelves. They're not being made anymore. I want to say this is maybe late pandemic, twenty, late 2020, maybe early 2021. Suddenly, they're not around anymore. Uh, maybe even into late 21. I don't remember exactly when, but a couple of years ago, they're gone. Poof, disappear from store shelves, okay? When that happens... People start saying, whatever happened to Grandma Brown's baked beans? And the news does a story. I want to say Channel 10 does a story and says, whatever happened to Grandma Brown's baked beans? And in the story, they basically say that this plant has been shut down since COVID and that they plan to reopen once they are able to hire employees after COVID. Okay? All right. Next, Scott Herman calls me. This is the owner of... Uh, he Well, he used to be the grocery manager at Hagedorn's, but then he went off and he became an owner of a place called Harima's, which is, I believe, technically in Rochester. I think it's technically in Arondacoit, but it's kind of like Charlotte. It's up by the lake. Um, he also owns a couple other grocery stores. He's got a place in the Thousand Islands. He's got a place in, uh, I want to say Phelps, 
right? So he's got he's got like a, a little uh, a little chain of independent grocery stores he's putting together here, and he calls me and he goes, dude, because he knows what I do for a living. I'm a co-packer, right? We make products for not only ourselves but for other people, and he says, dude, you got to get a hold of the Grandma Brown's baked beans. They've shut down production. He says, I know you're in production. Get the Grandma Brown's break beans, man. Bring these things back to market. Let's rock. He goes, I'll be a partner in it. Let me know if you need help. And what he means by that is like financially, you know, let me know if you need help acquiring this brand. Let's get these things back on the shelves. They fly. So at the time, I make a phone call. I don't get a phone call returned. I DM the reporter from Channel 10 who, who apparently got the interview with the Grandma Brown's people. And I just say, hey, if you're willing to share a number, let me know. And he shares the same number I had called and, and left a voicemail on. There's like one phone number. And from what I've learned, it's very old school. It's like a little plant with one phone number and all business happens through that phone number. There is no, there's no email. There's no website inquiry. There's no social media. There's a phone number. And that's it. It's kind of like Bill Murray, the actor. You know, Bill Murray, no agent. You want me to be in your project? There's a phone number you can call. Leave your pitch on the voicemail. I'll listen to the voicemail once in a while. And if I'm interested, I'll call you back. So, nothing really happens. A year or two goes by. I want to say that phone call was late 21, maybe early 22, between myself and Scott Herman. And I put in that little tiny, just tiny, tiny bit of effort trying to get a hold of Grandma Browns. And I never end up getting a hold of anybody. The reporter writes me back and just says, this is the only phone number I have, and it's the one I already had. (coughs) So, next step. Year and a half goes by. Now we are into July of 2023, this week, and a guy DMs me on Facebook, and he says, Pauly, uh, and he's a guy that, that I, I guess I'm acquainted with somehow, and he says, Pauly, I, uh, I do some work for grandma for the woman who owns Grandma Browns, Sandra Brown. I do some work for her. I think he said he does her shredding, which to be honest with you, I'm not 100% sure what that means. All I can think of is like office papers and stuff, like shredding of papers and stuff. But anyway, he says, I do her shredding and I was talking to her and I gave her your number and I said, I know a guy who does co-packing. Maybe he could help you do your beans until you're back up on your feet. Because again, she's sticking to the story. I saw a story also published in spring of 2022 from another news channel. Same story. We're going we're gonna to open again. It's her saying, we're going to open up our bean factory again. We're not going anywhere. We've just got to hire some people. We're going to open up again. So she's been sticking to that for a long time. So this guy DMs me and says, expect a call. She calls. I miss the call. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. I miss the call. And I'll be honest with you why I missed the call. You want to know why I missed the call? I missed the call because my freaking phone rings 15 times a day. 13 of those 15 times is a random 585 or 315 number that turns out to be bullshit. Some, you know, it's like a, it's like a <coughs> robocall or spam or something. Because they're good enough now that they use local area codes. So I ignore a lot of calls if I don't know where it's coming from. But if they leave a voicemail, of course I call everybody back. So this woman leaves a voicemail. It's Sandra Brown of Grandma Browns. Just giving me a call. I was referred to her by somebody. Oh, wonderful, right? I call her back. Voicemail is full. (gasps) It's the one number, too. It's the only number that exists. That same phone number. 
from last time. That's the one number. That's what she called me from. That's the only number I have. No email, no nothing, just a phone number. So I DM the guy again. I put a post on social media, too, making a joke out of him. I'm like, oh, please, oh, my God, I missed her call. Somebody let me know. We got to get these beans back in stores. The guy says, hey, I, you know, I see her every day. I'll tell her to call you. He calls me, and he says, she's expecting your call in the next 10 minutes. I go, okay. So I call her. <clears throat> Sorry, sip of coffee. I call her. I go. I sit in my conference room. I'm excited. I'm nervous. She says, uh, first she starts asking me, well, first I try to tell her, I go, well, I feel like I'm talking to a celebrity, I tell her, you know, Grandma Browns, right? She's not amused. She says, what kind of operation are you running over there? I go, oh, um, what, what do we do, you mean? Yeah, how do you, uh, how do you make sure the food you're making is safe for the public? And I tell her, oh, well, what we do is thermal processing, often pH controlled, um, uh, that that's what we run now in the copac world that's all you really need to say for you listening may not know what i mean all that means is we do essentially old school canning right our food is safe because we cook it hot to a certain temperature we hold it for a certain amount of time we control the ph which is the acidity level of the product and then we pack hold it as well before we force cool it then we assure there's a vacuum meaning that the jar is actually sealed and if we do all those things Boom, stamp of approval, safe. Well, there's other processes. And for the record, we also do a little bit of cold fill preservative, not to get all down the, down the uh, rabbit hole here, but basically there are also some products that might not get cooked, and so if they don't get cooked instead of temperature, we can actually control their stability with the use of preservative. So we do thermal processing, pH controlled, and we also do cold fill preservative controlled. Okay, those are two things we do. Well, baked beans, many other products as well, take something called a retort. Now, I'm not going to sit here and try to explain to you what a retort is. You can just Google retort processing. You'll see what I mean. Essentially, whole different setup, whole different type of machinery. And long story short, it is able to, I guess we'll use the word, cook the product to a much, much, much higher temperature than we're able to do in a kettle. What we do is kettle cooking. The highest we can really go is about boiling. We don't even like to go to boiling. We'll go to 200, 205 degrees on most things. This will let you go 350, 400 degrees on product. And by going that hot with a retort, what you do is you can get rid of a few things. First thing you can get rid of a lot of times is any trace of a preservative, acidifier, anything that's going to make it taste different. And last but not least, a lot of times when things are in tin cans, so like think vegetables or, uh, well, I don't know, in this case, baked beans, right? This is the only way to go because you can't really cook baked beans in a big kettle. Because of agitation. Agitation means when you got a big kettle, it's different than cooking at home. You're stirring and you're stirring carefully with your spatula or your spoon or your ladle or whatever. In our case, we've got big, giant metal mixers inside of the kettle. And frankly, if you're cooking baked beans in a kettle and you got a big, giant metal mixer, you're just getting to pureeing your beans. Okay? All right. So she says to me, well, we pack on a retort, so I don't think it's a good fit. And I say, oh, oh, yes, no, I understand. I understand that your process is different. Now, retort, by the way, side note, has been a dream of mine since day one. In fact, when we first took over Permac, when we first bought out this business, so in 2020, when, when I went from radio and Guglielmo sauce to actually being a co-packer, I uh, created a, what's called a SWOT analysis. 
SWAT, strengths, weaknesses, uh, uh, um, uh, opportunities, SWOT, sorry, <laughs> SWAT, I'm thinking SWAT like police, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And opportunity was retort. I put retort as an opportunity because you just don't find any small co-packers that have retorts. Well, Grandma Brown, small co-packer with a retort. So now all of a sudden my eyes are opening very wide. And I say, Sandra, I, I know. I know I don't have a retort. And I don't currently retort process. However, oh, she also said, hold on, side note. She also said to me a couple of things that, frankly, I don't blame her for. She doesn't know me. But she said a couple of things that were kind of like, now, you know, you have to produce this in a facility that is approved to produce food. I say, yes, ma'am, I have just the facility. She says, and you have to be registered with all the right government agencies. I say, yes, ma'am, we are FDA, USDA, New York State Eggs and Markets, and SQF certified. And she's, and, and you know, I doesn't even seem like she heard me then she just goes and you don't have a retort so it doesn't matter it's not a good fit and i said sandra i said sandra it, i understand i don't have a retort but i got the facility i got the licenses and you have the retort machine that to my knowledge is sitting idle in mexico would you sell it to me no 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 that's out of the question Sandra, well, what if I rented it or leased it, right? We got it over. I'll pay for it to get to my building. It gets to my building. We use it. And, uh, and, and then, you know, when you're back up on your feet, when you hired your people, you take it back. No. Nope. Out of the question. Sandra, um, you know, at this point, she just says, nope, 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 out of the question. And she's rushing to get off the phone at this point, right? She's like, nope, out of the question. Not a good fit. Really appreciate your time, but we'll have to talk. And I go, Sandra, Sandra, hold on just one second. And at this point, I'm just throwing Hail Marys. I'm like, what if you rented me your entire facility? That way we don't move anything. And I staff it, and we bring back the production of the Grandma Brown's Baked Beans. What if we do that? You don't have to do anything. Just rent me the building. And your know-how, and we'll do it. Nope. And again, throwing Hail Marys, I have no idea. I don't even know if I could afford it. I should say if we could afford it, but I just wanted to see, is there any possibility here? Next thing I say, Sandra, what about just selling the entire business? Nope. Then she laid it on me, the same thing she's been saying for a couple of years. My plan is to hire a couple of people to do production so that we can go back into production ourselves and bring Grandma Brown's baked beans back to the market. All right. Well, listen, call me, save my number, and call me if you ever change your mind. I, I don't know what to, you know, and that was it. She said, thank you. Click. And I went, geez, that didn't go well. You know, she's dead set on she's going to bring it back to the market herself. I respect that. Problem is, you know, these beans are red hot. People want these Grandma Brown's baked beans. They're talking about it. They've been gone for a couple of years. A return to the market right now would be huge. That won't always be the case. It won't always be the case. Five, 10, 15 years go by. Eventually, people are going to forget or there's going to be a competitor that's going to come in and take that spot. She's right. Baked beans are not easy to make because if I were you, I might be thinking, Polly, why don't you just replicate the recipe? Because to be honest with you, recipe is kind of the easiest part. 
it's really, it's the brand that's the hard part. Building the brand's the hard part. There's a zillion great recipes. And this goes into, you know, co-packing again. This is the type of thing I talk about with everybody. And honestly, I even have to have this conversation with myself in my own head. You can come up with a million great recipes. It's building a brand. That's what's difficult. And that's what Grandma Brown's has. But eventually, absence for long enough will damage that brand to the point where it's not going to be worth what it is right now. So I hope she gets it together and I hope she opens. And I hope maybe in some way a miracle happens and, and I can be a small part of that because, of course, I see a tremendous opportunity there. Especially knowing that there is a retort sitting unused not too far from me. That's the sexy part. Because retorts are not cheap. Not saying she would sell it to me cheap. Just saying you don't see a lot of retorts. They're not easy to come by and they're not cheap. So be very interested. Okay, there you go. A little behind the scenes Copac business talk. Appreciate you, you tuning in this week. And we will talk again next week. Thank you for listening.